Hi everyone, it's Darren and Stephen from Valued and today's podcast episode for you is all around late payments and chasing your debtors. Um, we often get asked by clients and small businesses, um, what is it that they can do to uh, improve cash coming into the business? Now that may well be things like simply adjusting debtor uh, days. Um, how can you do that? Can you change your payment terms? Uh, when to employ kind of chasing emails into the clients, How, what's the best practice around that? Stephen, that's that kind of sums up a lot of the questions we get asked. What, what else are you people are asking? I think the main thing for me, it's uh, when you speak to clients, the main thing for me is you, the clients struggle to actually have that engaging conversation with the client. So they don't mind doing the work, they don't mind providing the service, providing the goods, whatever it might be, but they're actually embarrassed to go to a customer and say, are you okay to pay me? Yeah, yeah. They, they get embarrassed by that. Yeah. So it's what I get asked by clients quite often is how do we actually do this? Now, obviously, listeners to the podcast know that we're huge advocates of Zero, and Zero have a chasing facility inbuilt in there, but within the ecosystem as well is other products that can facilitate that and make it a little bit better to chase yourself. No, absolutely. I think one of the things that we like is that Zero does have that, and it's, it's very light functionality. Um, one of the things that we love working with is really, um, you know, is taking that to another level um, and, and more, more automation around that, making it simplified as well um, and, and taking the burden away from um, the client to do a lot of that process. Well, I think it's also the human side as well, Darren. Yeah, absolutely. Because ultimately what we, we end up doing is, yes, you can have that basic chasing that goes through zero, but actually it doesn't look and feel like your business no. where other applications out there um, do look and feel like your business. You can customize it a lot better. And actually it makes the human element of your firm, the culture of your firm come across in everything that you're doing in terms of that chasing yeah. of the debt. I think well, that's, that's one of the reasons that I think very early on, um, one of the products that we recognized did a fantastic job of that was uh, a tool called Chaser. Yeah. Uh, now you've implemented this three, four years ago. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Um, and that that was pretty fundamental to you and the process that you put around chasing in late payments uh, and debtors. Um, do you want to describe what 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 was the moment? What was the point that kind of triggered you into switching that on? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, it was a transformational journey. I'll always always remember it, and and David's going to no doubt talk about it in a little bit as well. But I, I remember. Uh, hearing about this bit of software called Chase. It was a new uh, kid on the block. It was a new new product, yeah? David, you were you were so full of enthusiasm and everything. And you spent a lot of time actually helping me to implement Chase within value within my business. I remember sending the Chases out, but actually I was sitting in a, a restaurant called Casa Felix out in Lanzarote. Forgot that I'd set this thing to go out at 10 o'clock on Tuesday morning, I think it was, whatever time it was. It was actually a little bit later. And actually I was sitting and I was eating tapas and all of a sudden my phone was pinging. And I remember looking at my phone and thinking, why, why is it pinging? Yeah. And I was getting loads of messages from Bartley's who I bank with telling me that money had hit the account. And I remember thinking, why is this? What, what have I done? I'm sitting, I'm eating tapas and I'm getting paid by clients. Actually, when I took that step back and realized Chaser had actually gone out and David and the software it automatically gone out, remind all my clients, my clients got a reminder and ping, yeah, the money's hitting the bank. It was absolutely brilliant. It was phenomenal. Yeah. And I've loved Chaser ever since. I think what was really important about that was not only were you getting uh, the automation around the emails going out, reminding clients, the payments then coming in, 
one of the things I often remember hearing you say when you first implemented it was that you were then getting emails back from clients saying, I've made the payment. Thanks yep. very much. Sorry, sorry, it, took sorry it took so long to get back. And yep. I think that's fundamental. Um, and for those of you listening, uh, you, you would have noticed Stephen mentioning David quite a lot. And one of the things that I'm really pleased to announce is um, not only are you hearing this from, from Stephen's perspective um, as a user of the software, not just for his own business, but for many clients that we work with, but I'm actually really excited to have uh, on the podcast today and joining us is David Tuck himself, the founder and CEO of Chaser. So David, thanks very much for joining us today. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for having me, Stephen and Darren. Really uh, excited to be here. Um, so, so obviously, you, you had a little bit of a, a, an intro from Stephen there, um, singing the praises of Chaser, um, and obviously, Valued have been using it for a number of years now uh, with massive success. Um, I think let's strip this back to the fundamentals. Um, debtors and late payments for small business is the bane of a lot of people's lives. What, what you, you work with, not just us, but other accountants, you see a lot of this going on. What exactly is the challenge that's facing small businesses at the moment, David? Sure. I mean, it's a great question and, and, and it'll be one that's very familiar to a, a lot of listeners and everyone, everyone will have their own uh, kind of individual experiences. It always you know, impacts in a, in a very personal, unique way. But, but to kind of put it at that global level, it's the fact that three quarters of all businesses in this country sell their goods and services on payment terms. And so you know, they deliver their work, um, be that goods, be that services. Um, and then they have a wait of whatever the agreed payment terms are before the money is due. Um, and there is a huge blight in this country right now um, of, of invoices that are being paid late. So money that you um, as businesses are expecting, rightfully expecting to have in your bank accounts, but, but don't. Um, to the tune of latest research shows, it's £225 billion in total wow. to UK SMEs and overdue invoices. So it's not invoices that are within their payment terms. This is invoices that are overdue. Yeah. Um, and it's research from zero uh, showed that at any kind of given day, um, the average business is owed £25,000 um, in, in overdue invoices. So it's just a huge opportunity there to eradicate that problem, accelerate money into your, um, into your bank account so that, yeah, you have that to invest in growth and creating new jobs in, in paying yourself a larger dividend or salary, whatever it is that um, you, know, you would do with that, that cash, because let's remember, profit is, is lovely uh, and is a wonderful kind of um, sort of um, you know, wonderful thing to be able to look at as a business, but ultimately it's the cash flow that follows through from it that is the all-important um, kind of you know, measure to, to look at. And that's being delayed in, in way too many cases, and so by virtue of late payments. So how can we, uh, like I say, eradicate that problem and put that cash at your disposal as it should rightfully be? I think you mentioned something there that's that's really pertinent, and, and we've spoken about it in many a, a, a session with groups we've worked with. Um, they're all vanity metrics, aren't they? It's it's you know profit is is sanity and all that kind of stuff, but cash at the end of the day is is what fuels business growth um, going forward, and that that's really important. I think you know we we, we talked there, and, and two hundred seventy billion, did you say two hundred twenty billion? Two hundred twenty-five, yeah. That's that's just a, an, an unimaginable number of that's out there and, and, and doing that. And I think one thing that stands out for us as well is when we often talk to businesses, um, there are some very basic things that they can do to help themselves. And one thing, again, it astounds me, everyone seems to default to the standard payment terms of 30 days. Um, 
and don't really think about changing that. It, it, they've just started that. It's, it sticks with them through their business cycle. Um, they haven't really thought about the impact of maybe changing that to seven days or 14 days and then seeing the impact of that. Um, but then further on, once they, they agree that, um, there's not really a process for them to monitor or chase that through. Um, they generally just leave it outstanding and at some point it will get paid or, you know, do they write it off or do they chase it and go legal with it? Um, so I think one of the things that we loved about Chaser um, was it gave us a really good framework. Um, how, how, did you, how did you derive that framework? Was, was there a process behind that or was that just, you know, taking um, data points from various customers and building that in? Um, and, or, you know, what was the data point? Yeah, I'm just trying to get to understanding what, what was the data behind the schedules that you put together? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's actually a combination of both, Darren. So, I mean, it was it was an approach that was taken from first-hand experience originally with with my work as a finance director and what had uh, what what we developed and found most effective there. And then we've had the most amazing opportunity to learn with our users over the last just over five years uh, that we've been in market as a product. What what does and doesn't work best, so that we can refine. That original starting point to uh, continue to get um, and, and deliver to our users the most effective way uh, of chasing up their customers. So, so in a, in, 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 a, in a short presage, talk us through what Chaser does and how it does it. Sure. So, what we are is uh, two, uh, well, three distinct but interrelated things. Firstly. It's the ability to automate the polite persistence that pays, our three Ps. I love that. I love that phrase, Dave. In, uh, in chasing up customers to pay their invoices on time. So always polite, never inflammatory, but as long as it's polite, it can be um, persistent. And, and as a result, politeness plus persistence pays, get the invoice, gets the invoices paid on time. So automating that, all whilst preserving the human touch. So we talked a bit about that already, but that's absolutely central um, because... Chasing customers for money, that's a, a, such a, a kind of key part of the customer relationship. You've got to leverage that relationship you have with them. You've got to preserve that relationship that you have with them. And so the minute any communication in pursuit of getting invoices paid starts to look and feel automated, it loses such a huge amount of its impact in getting more invoices paid. So that's things like grouping more, where you have more than one invoice outstanding for the same customer at the same time, grouping that together in the same email, sending, reflecting regular email address, regular email signatures. So it looks and feels just like a regular email from you. So that's what we do as a, a, a kind of, you know, at our core, the ability to automate the polite persistence page whilst preserving the human touch such that <clears throat> we can enable our users to get their invoices paid most effectively. Um, and that's borne out by the stats. So um, the average Chaser user gets their invoices paid 16 days earlier um, than they used to prior to starting to use us. Wow. That's the beauty of, uh, of the way we work as a cloud system. We can see how long it used to take a business to get their invoices paid before starting to use Chaser. We can then compare how long it, it takes after they start uh, after they turn Chaser on, um, and that's 16 days earlier. So that's a £4,400 cash flow boost for every £100,000 of turnover. Effectively, a free investment um, in your business. So if you're a, say, a £500,000 turnover business, that's £22,000 of free investment in your business that you get from reducing your debt days to that new and improved um, level. And you know, by continuing to use Chaser, you you know, you never have to let them slip. Uh, you never have to give that money back. Um, so we're really excited to do that as product. And then we're also a, a customer relationship management system, an audit trail for all of the um, all of the chasing conversation, because um, that's really key to be able to have full visibility of everything that's been carried out. Particularly if you're um, if you're going to be outsourcing your credit control as a virtual service, 
um, to, to a firm like Valley. Um, and then the final thing is we're an intelligence platform to provide insights to our users about who their good paying customers are, who their bad paying customers are, so they can tailor that chasing approach to make sure it's most effective. So if you think about it, we're, we're three sort of interrelated constituent parts, all of which reinforce one another. That's absolutely fantastic, David. Thank you very much for that. I think you mentioned there about uh, so many businesses get this cash injection in their own business, but actually how many business owners are embarrassed, as I said, uh, to go to their customers and say, can you pay me? They prefer, in my experience as business owners, to go after the bank and borrow money to absolutely substitute the debt that was due. They prefer to go after finance companies, to prefer to go after their suppliers, and it's just a knock-on effect. And what I find so often is actually clients lie awake at three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, whatever it might be, and worry about cash flow. It's the biggest bane of businesses' lives in, in the, the SME market. But obviously, you've talked about setting up Chase there, and a bit of a heads up, I know the answer to this one, but it must take hours to set up the software. Yeah, is that right? Because I remember when you and I very first set up Valued Chaser, it wasn't a painful process, but it was early days with Chaser, yeah? And you, you had a lot less customers at the time, and it was, it was one-to-one. You, you helped me personally to set the system up there. But on average, how long does it take to set up a Chaser uh, software for, for one of the clients? So, I mean, it's a really interesting one, Stephen, because the, I mean, the, the kind of, the very sort of flippant answer to that is it depends because you can be up and running with us and chasing your customers within five minutes yeah. one, um, with our kind of recommended best practice settings. We find that to get the most out of us as software, you're going to want to put in an investment to you know, tailor those, um, those emails that go out so that they look and feel just like you, to segment your customers with the data we're putting at your disposal, you know, to make best use of the, um, the, the kind of the tailoring that you can do with the software. So somewhere between you know, an hour and two hours um, is about the right amount of time to really kind of get it working in the way that best reflects and best suits you as the business. So what we're saying is within five minutes to two hours, a business that has no credit control uh, system can have a credit control system and be chasing debt. That's absolutely that's right. That's a game changer for businesses. It's a real game changer for, for small businesses. And again, it's helping business owners to pay the mortgages at the end of the month, to pay the staff, whatever it might be, whatever mm. their goals and their aspirations are. And it takes away that pain point. And that, to me, is critical to identifying how simple or how personal this this system can be. And it is real transformational for businesses. And the point I would just like to pick up on is that, I mean, you know, our software is, is brilliant and it can transform the ability to carry out this process. I think the thing that can take it to the, the next level and is the essential piece, missing piece that, that we identified was the role that you, know, you have to play as a, you know, the opportunity you have to really help your clients with this yeah. by being the the kind of um you know the, the practitioner the person who's on the other end of those emails and telephone calls um as a kind of an escalation um you know as an escalation point that you'll make on clients behalf because at the end of the day whilst we're we're a fantastic piece of software we're not we're not transforming you know a business owner's kind of you know comfort with carrying out credit controls as a process we're making it easier and a lot more efficient but they may still you know likely dread having to make those phone calls, having to deal, you know, with the email replies that come from customers. Um, and so the huge opportunity, and, and that's by virtue of the fact that none of them got into business to carry out credit control. Absolutely. Like 90% plus of SMEs in this country have one to nine employees. That's a pretty good proxy for whether they have 
any you know this guy to have any kind of like finance expertise within their business so mm. what we're really excited about is what we're calling um kind of virtual credit control so working with um yourselves to be able you know so that you can go to clients and say okay we're now able to deliver you credit control as an extension of your kind of valued service so we do your bookkeeping for you might we do your like monthly management account so you've got much better visibility of your business you've now got the ability to benefit from professional level credit control that you would never have you know absent our ability to provide you this service because you don't have the scale to hire a dedicated finance personal credit control at 25 grand a year you can now benefit from this service must for say 250 or 300 pounds a month and to loop it back to your point um before Stephen, about you know so many businesses will look at this you know in a completely the wrong way of saying oh well i don't want to go and, you know i'm just accept their lot when it comes to getting their invoices paid on time and they'll borrow money to yeah. effectively bridge the gap um and so you know we've we've got kind of stories and got examples where you know businesses who like on the, by benefiting from virtual credit control have brought down their overdue kind of debtors by say you know there was one example we brought it down from just um under four hundred thousand pounds um to under ninety thousand pounds so over three hundred thousand pounds of cash freed up into their business that otherwise they were previously you know looking at having to kind of go to short-term um you know lenders at rates of say 15 to 20 percent um, you know that's if they could borrow the money at all if you think about three hundred thousand pounds at 15 at 15 percent that's 45 grand a year's worth of interest and they've been able to completely avoid that by paying 300 pounds a month to their accountant bookkeeper to virtual credit control as a service and it's it's businesses looking at it as that kind of opportunity that is the real transformation that we're seeing now yeah i think that's the thing isn't it david it's it's it's, it's seeing this and and looking at what level can, can really deliver benefits to certain people that would just be starting the process and just using it effectively and i, I think this is unfortunate that it, it, we term it as such but using it as a tool but then leveraging that and saying actually as you say i then have a full audit trail of notes i can drill down into the invoices in back in zero from within chaser um i, I don't have to worry about logging into two systems to do this process i can record um you know suggest you know uh, payment dates uh, and notes against the client I, if i want to make a call and add the notes and i can do that i have the full escalation behind that if i need to run that myself but often we find that a lot of businesses will outsource that function to um, VAs or other uh, professionals, um, but then they don't have a particular skill set around that. And then you say with a virtual credit control, we can layer that in as a service to our clients um, and deliver maximum benefit around that. And I think that's, that's, that's one thing I love about working with Chaser is the ability to scale that from clients who just simply want to use the tool and have it systemized through to those that may want a high level of service through that. And I think that's really important. I think the other thing as well is that we, we often work with clients, and Stephen, you, you know a few of our clients who have um, larger customers who pay on specific payment terms. And we often get when we talk about chasers, oh, well, I don't want a blanket email going out to all my clients who are overdue. And, and that's, again, something that people possibly aren't aware of, is that you have that function to select who is or is not on the schedules that you send out and restrict that. So you're not going to inadvertently annoy your best customers if you have them on specific payment terms. You can also do that on individual invoices. Absolutely. I think that that's one of the things there when you, you talk about outsourcing credit control to VAs, to accountants, to, to third parties. It's people that actually don't know your customers. Yeah. It's people that don't understand necessarily how your business emails clients, 
what you're actually doing by using your chasers, you're customizing the emails, you're customizing the templates to look and feel like whatever the client is. Look so the client comes across. And that to me is just a, a massive difference. Uh, huge. I think it's a, it's a huge game changer. I think if, if, if business operates more using tools like, like Chaser, um, you know, the impact that that has on cash flow is, is, is absolutely fundamental to their business. And in a lot of cases can make the differences between businesses surviving and not. And, that, that, and that's, 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 for me, is, is the compelling reason for, for, for businesses to, to look at this and to measure this and tie that in with, um, you know, good business planning. Certainly think so, certainly think so. David, I'm just, I remember all those years ago when you and I first met, I think it was the, the brewery as a venue in, mm-hmm. in London there many, many years ago. Um, looking at that, looking at all the, the wonderful awards that, that you and the Chaser team have won over those years, you've got to be extremely proud of the differences that you've actually made to all of these small businesses, small and medium businesses over the last four or five years. Yeah, absolutely. And, and don't get me wrong, Darren talked about earlier, you know, the awards are fantastic. I'm really proud um, to, you know, we won Zero Zap Product of the Year Award in 2016. We've won the Accounting World Cloud App of the Year Award for, um, for, the, for the last three years, um, which is, is fantastic. Um, but the real, you know, the really powerful of this stuff is, is the individual stories of, of what it's enabled a particular, you know, business to do. So uh, this business signs labels in, um, in Herefordshire, um, you know, a, like kind of fantastic family kind of signage business. And by virtue of their accountant bookkeeper introducing Chaser to them, they brought their overdue receivables down from £27,000 to under £5,000 and, you know, kind of solved that persistent kind of nagging problem that, that the business had. And that enabled them to put in a deposit on a new piece of machinery that they'd always kind of wanted to buy that changed the game for them. They were no longer reliant on, their, um, on an outsourced supplier. And uh, to truly see that that has... You take it all the way back to the kind of root cause that has enabled us to, you know, deliver a step change to that business that wouldn't have otherwise been um, possible. You know, stories where a business has been able to hire a new salesperson and, 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 you know, kind of start a virtuous circle of growth, all as a result of tackling and, and really getting a handle on the problem of, of late payment that they didn't have um, in hand before. And, and then the, the stories that we're just seeing come through in terms of virtual credit control as well, with you know, businesses. Kind of being able to benefit from a quality of service that they would never have access to previously and their minds blown at the results they can see from it and just no longer having to worry about this is my responsibility because it, you, know, you won't find a business that kind of enjoys you know having to carry out credit control and chase up their customers so now being able to you know remove that kind of responsibility from having to worry about it and um, see the positive results that, that come is yeah is, is really really gratifying so i think one of the questions obviously the Many of you will know that we've got hashtag ask values um, on our Facebook community. And one of the questions that we have been asked on there recently was what should my credit terms be? Should there be the standard 30 days? Should there, there be 60 days or, or whatever it might be? Do either of you have a view on what a standard business credit term should be? Um, I mean, sorry, sorry you go. Um, I was just going to say, obviously, the, we did some research when I was back at Zero and we looked at um, payment terms. And what we often found was that people who um, this is probably going back a few years now, but we, we looked at the, the payment terms and those businesses that were um, suggesting payment terms of 30 days um, often got paid on day 43, 44, 45. 
um, we actually looked at the volume of invoices and we saw a pattern that if people were, were looking at around 13, 14 days, they often got paid within 28. So that's, that's a huge difference to bring it from 45 down to, to 28 days um, to bring that in. Um, we ourselves, I think we, we had seven days. Um, we see that as, as huge. Um, I think there's still a, a, a high proportion of businesses that will go for 30 days by default because that's what they think they should need to offer. Um, but I think certainly the, the evidence that we saw suggested that um, 14, 13, 14 days was, was probably the optimal. David, do you want to come in on, on any of your stats on that? Yeah, I mean, I'd completely agree. I think so. There's a number of people who just, you know, they've experienced 30 days so much in you know, previous work, they think, you know, this is almost some kind of statutory requirement that you give people 30 days. It's not at all. I mean, I personally, you know, you want to go, so my flippant answer is just go as short as possible. Work, you know, work up from zero as to why it needs, you know, zero as in nil, or one day, and why does it need to be any longer? Personally, I think probably if you do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, you, that's maybe a little bit aggressive and you're going to, might run the risk of rubbing someone the wrong way. I would always go seven days. Start, start, probably less than, less than a week, you might kind of find yourself, you know, raising a few eyebrows. Just start at seven days and then then leave it for the customer to push back and demand more. And invariably they won't. Um, and if they do, then you can have a conversation, but you're always going to be in a better situation than if you just kind of overshot it or you know, granted longer payment terms initially. No, I, th- I think that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a perfect answer. I think we, we often see as well now a lot of businesses moving towards um, direct payments. They're looking at tools like Stripe. Uh, looking at direct debit through go cardless um, but again whilst as businesses we want to have a preferred method of payment do we want to have so many barriers that we we don't want to stop people buying from us um, so again i think yes why why direct debit and uh, direct payments would be ideal um, there are still going to be people that we need to offer terms for and we, we have to look at the relationships on that um, and i think where we where we do offer terms then absolutely make them as 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 tight as possible but without rubbing people up the wrong way i think it's about having those standard terms and conditions and i don't necessarily mean having them written down that is always a great starting point to be honest but actually as darren alluded to our valued our standard credit terms is seven days we've got a couple of clients and i can count on one hand i will actually offer 30 days terms to now those are actually clients that invariably get paid 30 to 60 days so they build it into their cash flow model but that's an exception rather than a rule. But it's to me, it's also about making it as easy and as painless as possible so that clients can pay. So having a link on the invoice, so when the chaser goes out, then click that link, they can make the payment there and then yeah. instead of having to go to their bank account and actually transfer the money, make that as painless as possible for the business owner. No, I, th- I think that's right. I, th- I think, you know, David, we, we did some work um, with George recently ourselves, um, who's part of the customer success team. Um, at Chaser, and one of the things we were looking at were, um, were was our own chasers. So, you know, what time is optimal for us to send our own reminders out? And that's a, that's a really good point as well, because one of the things we often did was, um, and we've now reviewed this, we actually send our chasers out at 8 a.m. Um, and again, what we found is that we were, gonna, we, we were hitting that rush of emails that were hitting inboxes before pre-9 a.m. Mm-hmm. So although in our minds we're thinking, great, we're going to be at the top of that list, you, you, you kind of forget that there's other people that are saying the same thing and they're pushing their emails out to get there by nine o'clock. We're actually by pushing it out to 11 o'clock. You may have a slightly better chance of someone opening that the, the most appropriate time to, to trigger an action of them 
them paying you as well. So I, I found that interesting as well. So David, just to bring you in this, because you've got a vast amount of experience here, but when is the optimum time for Chase's emails to go out and optimum days? Sure. So, I mean, the first point to make here is it's in line with whether, whenever you're going to do your bank reconciliation on zero. Um, so, because you know, you need, and that's a great thing about Tracy, you tie it in with whenever you need to do that. Um, so, let's say you do that kind of first thing on a Thursday morning, that would then say, okay, well, the best time to send it is soon after that. So, we've got the most, most up to date information about which invoices have and haven't been paid. That's the first kind of admin point to cover off. Yeah. Then, you know, assuming you can, you've got some flexibility about when you do your bank reconciliation process, we tend to find people generally make their pay runs. You know, they, they group up and they do the admin at the end of the week. Um, so it's then about balancing, making sure that we're front of mind when they come to do their pay run, but haven't left it too late. Um, so we typically see Thursday late morning, early afternoon is a good middle ground there. Because, I mean, you could kind of roll the dice a little bit and do Friday morning, but there's also a risk there that people might be, you know, steps ahead in having done their work. And then you're back of the queue for the next week. If that yeah. Makes sense. I think you're so right there, it's because Darren alluded to it before we had a conversation with George. Um, I think he's absolutely fantastic, just so you're aware, just as every member of the Chaser team is, they're so friendly and they just want to help business owners. Yeah. I'm really enthused by that. But we had a conversation and actually part of the conversation was I said, well, our Chasers go out at 8 o'clock every day. And that's cool because it goes out three days before an invoice is due and various other factors. And I'm happy with it going out every day, with the exception of Saturday and Sunday. I don't want clients thinking that we're working Saturdays and Sundays because invariably we don't. <laughs> but actually at eight o'clock in the morning, it meant that I was getting my email beforehand to remind me that these chasers were going out around about seven o'clock, I think it is, something like that. So I had to remember at eight, by eight o'clock in the morning to have my bank reconciled for that day. If I didn't, it was a problem. George turned around and he said exactly what you just, just said there. Well, why don't you make it 11 o'clock? Yeah, 11 o'clock is a, between 11 and two, two yeah. is an optimal time to send this stuff out. Well, actually, why am I sitting doing a bank reconciliation at seven o'clock in the morning, which I do most days? Do you know what? You've actually just bought me some time in the morning, David. Are you? <laughs> so thank you very much. Bought him some time with the, with the family <laughs> yeah. the first thing in the morning, which is important. But is, is that not the, the critical bit here? It's because we all go into business to do what we go into business for. We do not go into business to credit control. We do not go into business to do accounts, unless you're an accountant, obviously. But actually, what do we do? I'm sitting there and I'm reconciling the box between seven and eight o'clock in the morning. That means I can't see my kids for that five minutes. Mm. Actually, by changing that time, by implementing Chaser, it means I get to spend more time with my family. And is this not what we're in business for? To spend time with our families, to do what we want in terms of goals or whatever it might be? Right. Surely this is why we actually do what we do. And it's, it's a human side. And to me, Chaser is a great product to actually have that, that culture, that human side going out and automating that, that process. Yeah, I think, I think I think it's phenomenal. I think for us, um, you know, we, we would have we have no no issue whatsoever in putting Chaser front and center for any of our clients, um, and how that can really help them. Um, coming on to that, and obviously it's it's been wonderful to have David on joining us today and giving us some of his insights um, and giving up some of his valuable time for us this, to, today to discuss this. I think for, for us, you know. It, whether people are clients and they want to explore this and this is the first time that it's kind of hitting their ears, that's fine. I mean, get in, get in touch with us, uh, speak to your account manager, your client manager, 
uh, we can certainly uh, give you some more information on, on Chaser itself and, and talk you through and share with you examples of, of what this has done for other clients of valued. Um, if you want to go and, and look at Chaser yourself, David, they, they can come to the website um, and sign up for a, a trial there and have a look at that. Absolutely. Um, but again, I think the, the difference there for us is we really want to start talking to clients about the, the virtual credit control and, and the difference that that can make for them as well uh, to their services and, and why Chaser is such a huge part of that. Um, and hopefully through the podcast today, you've got a good, a good feeling for that. So David, thanks very much for your time this afternoon. Uh, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. We appreciate you giving us your time and telling us all about Chaser, virtual credit control, the challenge of late payments and debtors and how to resolve that. So very much appreciated. Thanks very much for your time. Brilliant. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, David. Take care. Bye-bye.